0: Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is Season 4, Episode 21 of the UK Dallas Cowboys TV and Podcast. Joined tonight by two Scottish brothers, Paul and Lauren, and of course, you see her down there in the bottom left as we look, the wonderful, beautiful, and talented Miss Meg Murray. Meg, how are things?
1: You know, guys, uh, it could be better, but honestly, it could be a lot worse, so we're doing okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Unfortunately, as you see rolling through the the bottom of the screen, we lost to some team there on Sunday night football. Um, We're now turning the NFC East, or the NFC Beast, as we are now going to call it, and uh, we have a 4-2 record. I think 4-2 is pretty good, considering we've had a backup quarterback in for five games.
2: Well, you you know that um, four and two is good enough to be the the fourth seed in the NFC. If you were to put everybody in the NFC in order of ranking, we're fourth at the moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just just goes to show how good the, the 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 records of Philadelphia and the Giants are. I don't certainly don't think either team are going to be. Um, I think I think we shot ourselves in the foot in this game to be honest. So,
0: yeah. I think I think like if 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 we look at it like the game was decided basically on the three turnovers, and you know, I was putting the stats together, I'm looking and going, how do we lose this game, and it's the three turnovers simple as that,
3: yep hi yeah, I'm... Got... oh go ahead <laughs> no i'm just i'm just I'm, I'm just legit just saying, yeah. Pretty much, I've got nothing really much else to add on top of that. Really, because at the end of the day, it was literally just the turnovers that just kind of killed us. Like we were built, we had a shocker of a first half. We managed to come back. The momentum, the run game was actually being effective. Seat was actually running the ball in that second half, and just when momentum really was really at its peak, it just completely fell and shot us in the foot, and uh, that was that.
1: Yeah, I mean Paul and I talked about this on the world's team on um, Saturday, but my my key to winning this game was for Cooper Rush to continue to play a perfect game and he wasn't able to do that. Um yeah. really unfortunate. He he has gotten close to, you know, throwing an interception and like he's gotten the ball on the ground a couple of times before, but he's been bailed out um, a lot of these times and it just wasn't our day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think that's the one thing we have to look at. Like We went to their stadium, hostile crowd. I think it's the only time in the season where they actually managed to fill out that place they play in. Um, You know, their head coach was screaming like it was a Super Bowl victory. Considering they were talking about how Jason Peters went out, not discounting the fact that we were missing our starting quarterback, our starting left tackle, and our starting tight end. You know? I mean... I think we did pretty well
3: for a yeah. local team that is narrow-minded. Let them think that. Let them think that. Because, <laughs> like Jason, like we, uh, we mentioned on the World's Team, uh, Jason Kelsey kind of called us pretty much a more global franchise, and much we are. So, yeah.
0: yep. And and this is this is why we have the podcast with yourself and Meg called the World's Team. Yes. Yeah. you're you're, not going to find that on Bleeding Green Nation or anything like
2: that. You can only find that on Blogging the Boys. Well, you've also got to remember that the Cowboys only, sorry, the Eagles only just started podcasts something like three or four years ago. Team podcasts, because, you know, at at that point in time, we were were talking about how the Cowboys were actually broadcasting on Alexa as well, you know, so. Amateurs. um, Yep.
3: I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm so salty, but I really am.
1: That's okay. Let it out.
3: If I, if I if I let it all out, then I'll probably be barred from blogging the boys. Okay.
1: I mean, I mean, you've kind of brought this up, though, Nick Sirianni. That um, the after the game when he just had to let out that "how about them Eagles" thing, he just that just proves like how corny this man is. Um, yes. Just. The funny thing is, like, he's the kind of guy that if he wasn't the Eagles head coach and he wasn't winning, that fan base would absolutely hate this man. He's, like, the absolute opposite of everything that they stand for. And so, like, the only reason they like that man is because they're winning. And when he does stuff like that, I'm sure they're all just like, what? the?"
3: Same could be said for the, the Giants head coach in a way as well. Like, the, the, the both of these head coaches seem to be, like, hate men more than actual coaches. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing Brian Dobell screaming going to the crowd going Yay! like an absolute mongol, but um but yeah uh, but I it's just uh, I.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paul like I I I I was seeing some of your tweets at the earlier on the early hours of Monday morning between yourself and Rich, the 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 abuse you guys were taking but giving it right back to uh to eagles and other other fan bases as well with something to behold
1: (laughs) yeah you can't hold it back i think uh jay tuck actually mentioned this he was like this is the week where i could see cowboys fans like giving it back to other people and we haven't really done that in the past we just kind of like whatever whatever now i feel like we we have that defense we have something to really like hold over their heads and uh we did a, we just a, talked a lot of trash this week and yeah. you know what we lost but it has we still looked good that's what i'm saying
3: yeah and i don't care where he was say. hassan reddick is not micah parsons <laughs> that is that is probably been one of the most absurd uh takes i've ever seen in my life it really is like the guy only got recorded one taco he got absolutely dominated by Terrence steel throughout the whole game and yeah michael parsons was out there he was born he was out there in coverage doing everything right the only criticism we can give michael parsons was for that stupid um a oh, the, yeah the penalty
2: yeah.
3: yeah the penalty so um but other on that michael parsons is like tenfold better than hassan Ritch. so eagles fans if you even get to see this video this podcast right now <laughs> shut up
1: what did you think about that penalty, though? Because that one just, I felt like it was so ticky-tacky, and it wasn't like, I felt like they were kind of gunning for him at that
3: point. 100%. This like
1: my Cowboys bias, but that one just seemed silly.
3: 100%. I totally agree. I, I kind of feel as though there was a lot of referees that are just literally were out for us pretty much in that game. Did
1: you think they read Micah Parsons' tweets last week? Oh,
3: yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably.
0: Oh, they 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 absolutely did that. Um and and obviously like I mean that led on to Trayvon's penalty as well. And do you know what? I'm 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 just happy to see passion from our guys. Yeah. Yeah,
3: we
0: lost, and yeah,
3: they were stupid, I mean I I am all about uh, being like having that a level of aggression, but it needs to be and we, we kind of talked about this on Saturday was the controlled aggression. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go over too bored about it, but yeah, I love seeing the players being passionately being passionate about this team, but they need to kind of remember f- referees will find any excuse to throw the flag on you, any excuse mm-hmm. nowadays. Yep. Uh, but but here's the thing, and it goes back to the inconsistencies. Who was the there was an other game and at the weekend there where a player took off his helmet and smashed it on the ground, and he mm-hmm. didn't get flagged. So why is this any different to what Trayvon Diggs did? Yep. It's, it's just so inconsistent it really yeah. is
1: my sister kept getting really fr- frustrated with it because she was just like he didn't even do it to anyone else he just did it to himself that was all about him like why are you flagging him for that I was like you know what
2: he didn't
1: uh, be doing that uh, stuff, but I can see why he did it in the first place
2: yeah and I mean what what gets me as well yeah Michael Parsons got up did the did the the guns and all that? But, you know, anytime a team picks off a ball, you know, they run down to the end zone in front of the camera and they all pose like that and everything like that. Surely that's taunting. I mean, you know, you've got to draw a line somewhere. I'm all for, you know, when the band touched on celebrations and all that, you know, five or uh, 15 years ago or whatever, you know, that that was taking it too far. But now they've gone too far the other way now and you're just too loose with most things and it's crazy what what you do get fines for, so
3: No fun league, no fun league,
0: no fun league. Yeah, I was going, I was going to say it if you didn't ball. But <laughs> look, before we go any further, as always, we say to everyone who's tuned in and watching, make sure and interact with us. Um, send in your comments. Let us know what you thought about the match. What you thought? Who you thought were standout players? Let us know if you've any questions for Meg. As it's great to have Meg joining us for this evening's show. Um, and we'll take from there but look, we'll flip into the news and updates so I think the, think the best thing coming out of Sunday night's game obviously was the Dak took what, about 50 snaps in pre-game warm-ups looked solid, didn't seem to have any adverse effect with the thumb injuries um, so it looks like we should have him back for uh, the weekend's game against the Lions.
2: Yeah, he was looking sharp. The ball only hit the ground a couple of times by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't think he he was doing corner, corner routes and what have you, but he wasn't really testing himself going over the middle or whatever. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's only so much you can do in a sort of scripted session like that. But it yeah. uh, certainly looks as if he's on his way back. Hopefully this week, um, you know, the, there's no setbacks in practice or anything like that, so. Yeah.
0: Meg, yeah. is there anything you're hearing out, out in Dallas at the minute in terms of Dak, or? Say that again? Is there anything you're hearing out in Dallas at the minute, or, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing today is the first day back training, so yeah. you probably will warm be
1: yeah, today it sounds like is the day where they decide um, if he'll be a full participant tomorrow. Um, it's sounding like it's going to be that way. Uh, Jerry has been giving, you know how he loves to drop little nuggets um, when he's on the fan and stuff like that. And He was basically saying, like, barring anything crazy, um, and then the evaluation comes back clean, he's going to be playing on Sunday, um, which I myself obviously am very excited about. I love Dak Prescott. Um, I think that, you know, if you had played this game with Dak Prescott like this last weekend, this would have been a completely different story that we'd be talking about today. Um, Mm -hmm. However, I don't want him to rush back. If he's like really not fully there and he needs like another week, like I don't feel like this is one where you need to rush him back. And I'm sure they'll like, obviously they'll be the ones to evaluate that. I just, um, I think if Cooper played this weekend, it wouldn't be a terrible thing, but I would love Mm -hmm. to see Dak back.
0: yeah I i i I'd, I'd agree with you i don't think it's a terrible thing if he does play the game against the lions it's it's a manageable team that you know you should be able to run all over um
3: touchwood not touchwoods yeah
2: yeah you know dan Campbell's gonna have them up and up and ready for this game considering you know he's an ex player for us as well so yeah
1: I mean, talk, I, talk about your rah-rah coaches. Uh, Dan Campbell's right up there with <laughs> with Nick Sirianni and
0: uh, all that stuff. <laughs> I I I would imagine he will have that that Detroit Lions team hyped up right now, I and thought, they will be ready yeah. to play right now. But it's an awful lot of energy they're expending for no for no return. But the one, the one kind of question I have in terms of Dak, and it's a, con- it's a slight concern, and this kind of goes back to, um, goes back to Casey Thompson, who's played for Texas last year and is playing for Big Red this year. He had a similar injury, and like, he 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 didn't come back. The best of it, his throwing and his mechanics seemed to be a little bit off. Does that concern anyone?
1: Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I, that doesn't concern me necessarily. Um, Let's just think about the access that Dak Prescott has that Casey Mm. Thompson doesn't. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say any, I'm not disparaging Texas nor Nebraska in any way in their facilities and whatnot. But when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the kind of like staff at the medical staff, the rehab staff, the training staff that they have on hand, that's, I mean, plus he's a, um, he's an experienced quarterback, so he just has everything going for him in his return. I don't see, I don't think he would come back if he didn't think he could be a hundred percent.
3: Yeah. Yep. Like yeah. Like, so is just be the comment there. We do have the best medical staff pretty much in the, in the league, pretty much. I mean, yeah. look. Like, when you look back through history the amount of players that we have had like even michael gallup he was due to miss half the season he came back in what week five week four
0: week five
3: four. like way ahead of schedule so yeah. um uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and, cool. and and even talking at least like, even jalen smith like a guy who never was supposed to play football ever again he managed to make, mm-hmm. still managed to make a career so our medical staff deserve all the praise in the world right now yeah
2: and as mike says it's you know he's a, a dax an established quarterback casey thompson is you know still learning his craft in the college game mm-hmm. um you know and you are going to you are going to try little things when you're coming back from an injury if you can't grip the ball properly or whatever you know you've, you've got to try and do things to get it working so um yeah. maybe had an effect
3: on him
0: yeah
1: that comment, though, who's, who said that? The, the, big, la, the, the,
3: the big Lebowski, so you just mentioned Damon Clark. No, that means,
1: that's an absolutely amazing point to make. Um, considering you drafted this guy thinking you know he'd have a quote-unquote red shirt year, like he wasn't going to have any chance of touching a football field this year, and they're yep. sitting here being like, he's a couple weeks out from playing? Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Yep. Yep.
3: And, the, and the guy's a baller as well.
1: I mean, he's yeah. a tiger, so
3: I know. I knew you were gonna yeah. say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so 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 Meg, go on, give, give us the lowdown on what to expect from Damon Clark when he does take to the field.
1: He uh he's a chaos, like he thrives in chaos. He's like the calm in the middle of the storm, he will create the storm and then he's gonna just like take advantage of everything he everything that you uh leave in his wake. So <laughs> he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> so, the other the other moves that have happened since since the guys were last on on Thursday was Simi Fehoko and Rico Dowdle have moved to your Dalton Schultz missed another game at the weekend, um, and that benefited both Jake Ferguson and Peyton Henderson. So I suppose the, the the kind of question I have maybe looking towards say 2023. Do we do we
3: imagine Dalton Schultz will be on the roster? Nope. 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 Straight away. Like yeah. I think I, I think the how the development side of likes of both Henderson and Ferguson are working right now. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be in smaller, like like obviously salary cap they're, they're smaller deals. We've got them for longer more longer term because of their contracts right now. I don't see the point of us like giving all that unnecessarily extra cash to Dalton Schultz right now, like when these two guys are performing right the way they are right now so especially especially in the run defense right now ferguson was great in the run defense that's yeah, like sorry run, run run offense sorry run offense <laughs> sorry, I, I'm,
1: sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say he's just he's gonna be worth that to somebody but when you are developing somebody like Jake ferguson um it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and the fact that he's made such progress as well and had the opportunity to play um so many snaps You know, due to Dalton being injured. And if you think about it, Dalton's injury is the same one that Zeke was dealing with all last year. So it's just kind of one of those where you are gonna see a lot of Jake or Ferguson and a bit of Henderson. Hopefully he can get that penalty thing under control.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe the whole thing, you know, Dalton Schultz maybe should have taken another couple of weeks anyway and let it heal a bit better. Um, but you know, is he is he worried about these guys snapping at his heels and know he's he's not putting tape together, you know, for prospective um, purchasers of him. You know, Um, he's needing to put the tape together to 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 move on because obviously the writing's on the wall that we've we've got cheaper guys um, who actually I think are actually almost, you know, they're at his level already in their rookie year now. Okay, there may be there may be a fall off towards the end of the year as they hit that rookie wall for nine or ten games in, um, you know, because they're used to a college season of ten games and, you know, a month off before they start doing the the bowl games. If if your team's lucky enough to get to a bowl.
3: Schultz um, Labasa just made actually a good point in there. Like when Dak comes back, obviously his number one safety blanket is Dalton Schultz. So, do we maybe expect to see a turn of the tide in terms of who's going to get the ball?
0: I I would say we will see a turn in the tide because, like CD, CD is now wide receiver one. For me, Dal- Dalton Schultz is your oh. next target because Gallup is inconsistent at the minute. So, yeah, that that I can see where his point is, but you know, what about what what do you what do you guys think?
1: Um, I mean, he's gotten a lot of work in with CD and with Dalton, even in the off season. So I think it's fair to say that, like, his first spot or the like first scheme that you're going to draw up is going to be CD. It's going to be Dalton Schultz. Now, if you if Dalton isn't in the game for some reason, he's very comfortable throwing into that tight end spot too. So it's you know anyone that's there is going to benefit from that. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you that I think cd and uh dalton schultz will get the majority of his looks at
0: least yep Yep. so any other news that anyone has heard in the past couple of hours i as i say i know today will be our first day back at practice after sunday night game so is there anything i've missed out on
3: no besides the fact that i'm still trying to wake up No, so, not not, Kel-
2: not Cowboys related, but the NFL is going to have a game on Black Friday. So after your three mm-hmm. games on Thanksgiving, they're they're also going, going to move one of the games to a Friday night as well. So you're going to have four game four games that first that those first two nights of the of the weekend. Uh,
3: I've got one of the comments coming in. Uh, Labas is just asking, does anyone know what happened with Simi Fuhoko?
2: I think he picked up a shoulder injury and. In friday's practice but i mean whether this is fortuitous timing and it's roster Mm -hmm. management to bring other other people up um because they've obviously they've elevated the um elevated overton the long snapper so you know that was one space that's been created and they've been able to you know they've got the ability to bring somebody else up as well so
1: yeah, uh, just to build on that though, he re-injured his shoulder during practice, and yeah. it looks like uh, Dalton also tweaked his injured knee during that practice as well. So. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: so let's let's move on and let's discuss the game and flip it over to. So, the Dallas Cowboys offense. So, I think this game has fully put to bed the non-debate about who our quarterback one is.
3: Oh, absolutely.
0: This stuff.
3: Dax, our QB1. End of story. (laughs) Like I'm keeping it short and simple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like that needs to be said more to... I'll, uh, I'll give you some boots on the ground over here in Dallas. There is a, uh, on the way from Dallas to um, the stadium in Arlington, there is some lovely graffiti on the side of the highway that says, Cooper rushes QB1, Dak can't throw. Um, <laughs> that was put there after, during, I think it was after the week two game um, against the Bengals. And I just want to
3: talk to that guy and see how he's doing after um, that performance on Sunday. <laughs> for all we know, it could be a troll. For all we know. Yeah. Oh, but, but, yeah. Well, is, just...
2: Cooper, is Cooper Rush's wife, because she's going to earn her money somehow to fly to Philadelphia? You she, know. <laughs> she
3: jinxed it. She jinxed it.
2: She did, yes.
3: <laughs> not, to, not to put any, uh, um, any heat on uh Mrs., Mrs Rush's life here, but you 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 this lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm I, I'm oh sorry, I just got an advert coming through my headphones there and it just blew my <laughs> ear <from there>.
1: All <laughs> struggling over there.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I mean it it has to be said first and foremost, like Cooper Rush did a, a great job keeping us um I think Someone said it best on Twitter, and I'll, I'll try to figure out who it was. But his job was to keep us out of the ditch, and he did that. Um, so we have a much easier road than we could have had had we, you know, dropped a bunch of those games in uh, Dak's absence. So the fact that he was able to keep us on track—I mean, I, I mean, helped out by a, a lot by the defense and all that stuff—but you know, <laughs> it can't be understated how. His gameplay and him being able to keep us um, from being what, like winless.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: That's pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I have um, dogs playing with squeaky toys over here, so you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> They're very distracting.
0: <laughs> so the, the 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 question I'm going to ask right of of the three of you, who is the QB two in the NFC Beast? Who is the second best quarterback in the NFC East? Is oh. there a case for Cooper Rush being the second best quarterback?
3: No.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Hurts.
3: <laughs> I, may actually, I may actually go Danny Dimes, believe it or not. Yep. Well, you know,
1: his arm's a little stronger
3: than Yeah. His. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <sighs> And I don't know, I don't know what it's with Jalen Hurts. Like I'm just still not sold by him. Yeah, he kind of outsmarted us in a couple of plays and stuff like that in terms of how the offense was set. But I kind of feel like oh, this is so weird saying this, but I generally find Daniel Jones is better than Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I can, I can see Jalen. Jalen Hurts has caught
2: caught lightning in the bottle at the moment but I mean, you know, at some point he's going to cost that team a couple of games um, he's going to make the wrong call I mean, we we had a fairly good uh, game plan against him and, that you know, make him throw the ball um, and they did that and it's just, it's just the way their system works that, you know, that run pass option is so critical to them that, you know and it, it does make our defenders sort of second guess what they're needing to do. Um, you know, which is why he's in scheming he's scheming receivers open. But yeah, um, you know, a, a, a slightly well, I wouldn't say better prepared, but you know, a, a team that's experienced the the RPO a lot a lot better, you know, will be better equipped for that one. Um and I, I just don't think we've had the the um, the exposure to it as much as much as we need to 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 combat it. Yeah,
1: I think we all agree that uh, Carson Wentz is not in the discussion.
3: Well, oh, he's now out for four to six weeks now. Um, we're f- we're funny enough, ironically, a, f- a, f- a finger injury as well. Uh,
2: yeah, broken 90%, ring, 90%, broken yeah. ring finger. Mm. Hmm.
3: Um, Ouch.
0: Well, Paul, I'm 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 going to give you the floor on this one because you were giving this man a lot of love on Twitter in the past 36 hours since since the game has ended. Talk to me about Terrence Steele.
3: He was for, probably without a doubt our best offensive lineman and probably the best three games. He's completely mm-hmm. like. from a disastrous start well i wouldn't say disastrous start at the bucks game he he was kind of exposed at parts again in the bucks game but by god he's turned things around he's been solid i'm just looking at his grade on pff right now so he was given a run block percentage grade of Mm 82.8 um his pass blocking for some reason was given a really low grade but i disagree with that because he managed to keep like Hassan Riddick away, like to only like one t- one tackle from, and yeah. that was from a run uh, run perspective. But like he kept, pretty much set off the edge, uh, just kept the edge uh, sealed through the whole time. So, so I played to Terrence Steele. I generally thought he was absolutely fantastic. So, and I'm, I'm going to be writing an article about us, so um yeah. about Terrence Steele and how much he's actually kind of evolved over the past couple of weeks and. Yeah. It's a, now a debate now. It's like do we feel more comfortable him being this actual starting right tackle now? Because people had this conception of him being is he really a starter? Is he still a backup of a backup? What like is he a second strength, first strength type of guy? To me personally, he's our starter.
2: Yeah. I, I'd agree, I'd agree. And I mean you saw this at the start of last season as well. He was, you know, when he was having he fell in for Lyell because Obviously, Lyle coming back from injury and then five five games because he'd um, duped test, uh, testers and what have you. For, what have you. Um, but, I mean, you know, he, he was great up until the point where they started moving him around as a sort of swing tackle and stepping him in for Tyron Smith on the left-hand side and expecting him to, to switch automatically from the right to the left. Now that he's on the right-hand side solely. I mean, that seems to be where his game's playing very well. And, you know, this line to, is coming together. Um, you know, yeah, it had a few problems the last couple of weeks, but generally this line is coming together and, you know, it is certainly one of the plus points of the early part of this season, I would say.
0: So, Meg, the, quest, the question to you, apart from Murphy not wanting to play any ball... Is are you <laughs> to
1: play ball as long as it squeaks?
0: <laughs> are, are you missing your much beloved LSU Tiger Lyle Collins?
1: I mean, I am, but I, they've been able to pull it together pretty nicely. Um, so I'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the fact that they were able to establish a run game after like a disastrous first half really um, <laughs> speaks a lot to the resiliency of the line.
3: Um, and
1: the team in general.
3: So, yeah. back out to them for that. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like, as much as I'm being lower on a big critics of the uh, of Joe Philbin, there has been times where Joe Philbin has managed to ch- change things so drastically from the bad to good. Like, mm-hmm. so I do have to give uh, Philbin f- credit. And there's still times where I do question. It was like, how did we take that step back? But it seems like. As the game kind of went on he managed to make some in-game decisions and we actually became more effective so fair play to the coaching as well
0: yeah i'm just i'm just gonna bring up dj dog's comment here anyone <laughs> talk about the eagles coach talking bs at the end of the game
3: <laughs> yeah we've discussed it, it, it. <laughs> yeah the, the guy's an absolute muppet yeah <laughs> just
0: wanted to another opportunity there to say that Oh.
1: He's just so cheesy, just like the T-shirt thing and the how about them Eagles thing. The funny thing about both of those is that they're both going to bite him in the arse, as you guys would say. So,
0: hey
1: <laughs> a Christmas Eve bud?
0: Yeah, it's not. It's it's not going to be fun in Dallas on Christmas Eve for that team. It'll be fun for me yep. though. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. The the, the the next place I want to take to talk about from from Sunday's game. A guy who's been under a lot of pressure and a lot of talk for the last two or three seasons, let's be honest about it. And a lot a lot of people are talking about him as being a, a candidate for the cut after this season. Ezekiel Elliott has been working his tail off this year and I would be leaning towards keeping him on from 2023. I know that's probably an unpopular opinion because most people want Tony Pollard but Tony Pollard can't do what Zeke does.
2: I, I can... Com- yeah, go ahead, go on, Meg. No, you go. Well, right, okay. I, c- I completely agree. I mean, anybody that says that Tony, Bull- uh, Tony Pollard should be in this game more just doesn't understand what Zeke is doing and, you know, it's perhaps clouded by the fact that Zeke has this big contract. Um, you know, it's it's purely, you know, Zeke is your, your sixth man if you're uh, blocking for a pass. Um, you know, you need him. He's also, I mean, he's putting his body on the line all the time going up, getting these dirty yards, three, four, five yards. And yeah, I mean, it's taken its toll and um, you know he's he's not 2016 Zeke, um, but I mean you saw you saw glimpses of it there on that touchdown run that, but some of those spins that he was putting on and leaving the defenders in the dust. I mean the only thing he missed out on was a hurdle there, you know. So um, he's he's got he's he's still got it in his game plan. It's just a case of you know he, he's he's becoming your sort of grind it out to three yards in the cloud of dusts sort of guy and pounding it away so that Pollard has something to do um, and something to capitalize on when when these guys are expecting Zeke to come up the middle again. You know, that change of pace to the outside is is what Zeke's doing. He's, he's, he's opening that up for Pollard, so. Go on, Meg. I
0: mean, so
1: Paul and I have talked about this a couple of times. Um, really what i like to see out of our running game is the fact that it's a one-two punch i don't think tony pollard gets as many yards even if he gets as many touches as you guys as people want him to um because you know you can game play around tony you saw that this week um he was still able to get through there because you're sending zeke up there too so the fact that you have to deal with that double-headed monster is a pretty big deal and good for our game but if you if you think about the last couple years Zeke has really had to readjust his game, um, mm-hmm. simply because obviously last year he was injured. But just um, the fact that they've had a bit of a patchwork O line the last couple years, um, he's really had to step up, like Lauren said, and be that other blocker. And that's not the flashy stuff that everyone notices in games. They like to see you uh, rip through defenses and get a touchdown, but you can't do that when you're like not able to protect your quarterback, not able to protect your runners. So he has to come in and step in and do that stuff. And it's just not as flashy. So people kind of overlook that. Um, and mm-hmm. that's a huge part of his game.
0: So we do, we do have a question for you, Meg from our own much beloved Mike Poland.
1: I am seeing that because these dogs are keeping me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so Paul, do you want to go ahead with that breaking news there that
3: you've just put in private chat? Yeah, it's not necessarily Cowboys related, but Joey Epstein has tweeted out saying that Colts owner Jim Arsey was at a league meeting um to, with multiple people and on the subject of Dan Snyder and commented says, I believe there's a minute now to remove him as the owner of the commanders. Mm-hmm. Anyone
0: yeah. want to speak on that? Jerry, that's
1: exactly what Jerry Jones said. <laughs> he doesn't want to speak on it. He's not talking about Dan Snyder, and I don't see him voting against him, or at least if it's in a, any sort of public way. Um, not that I agree with his sentiment there. I think Dan Snyder needs to go, but I don't know. Yeah,
2: I I, I certainly think he does need to go, but, um, you know, obviously there was things that were leaked this week that... Um, you know he ha- he knows where some of the skeletons are and if you think if you think some of the things that have come out about the commanders are um bad then you know the some of the other things that have happened in this league are um <laughs> oh god right okay <laughs> oh, so,
3: if anyone can see the comment might just go so the commanders are commandless oh god
1: Obvious by uh, Ron Rivera throwing his quarterback under a moving bus. Uh, oh, they're, they're big claim. I mean.
3: Yeah, so, so that's not my decision. That was Snyder's decision or something like that. Oh, well, he about. He said he was not good, and I was like, "Well, we know that, but
1: you're not supposed
3: to say that." Uh, and DJ Dogs all oh, Keep Snyder is the perfect owner as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree yep. in that respect. But, but if you're ever planning going to Washington and go to their, um, their stadium. Mm, I would avoid it like the place Well the funny thing
1: is his um I feel like his when he said that he has he knows where the skeletons or the bodies are buried or whatever, um he throws people under the boat, not the bus. Yes, Mike. But <laughs> 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 I feel like that was a point pointed comment <laughs> um to Roger and honestly to Jerry. So I don't know
0: about that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He could spill I mean, a lot of tea on his way out the door.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, he might he might he might have a lot of tea to spill. There's plenty of people that have tea to spill on him that have not spoken of of that as of yet. Yeah. So I would say he might be best served to keep his mouth shut and not have it have his day in court. Yeah, But I
1: agree.
0: The, the 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 last thing i kind of want to talk about before we move over to the defense in terms of our wide receivers and dropsies this year and not there, there seems to be a little bit of a lack of fight in them to to win contested balls is that concerning for any of you
3: slightly slightly
2: <laughs> but uh... I mean, I, th- I think, you know, obviously there was Gallup but ha- was targeted seven times, only caught two balls. Um, you know, and I-, I was hearing on one of the podcasts this week, they're saying that the way Gallup's running is suggesting that he's not 100% yet still. Um, yeah. but there's obviously still, whether, it, whether it's a psychological or whether it's physical, there's still an issue with the leg to, to an extent and that's preventing him from running the routes correctly um, I, I, I i also don't know if there's there, there's a problem with the wide receivers coaching um yeah. but you know obviously we, we've had we've had the emergence of uh, noah brown you know so you know there's something there's obviously some guys are picking up on on what they're being taught, there's also, you know, it's maybe the pressure that uh, Gallup and C D Lamb are under to to try and get themselves to that number one position.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that being part of it. Um, also, just the fact that the fact that um, it's Cooper Rush at the helm. So yeah. that's why, you know, he's had a lot of work with Noah Brown. That's why he, like, has a good connection with him. Um, I feel like, and you, like I said, Dak has had a lot of work with, you know, Schultz and CD in the offseason. Um, they have, they know each other very well. So I feel like that might have a little bit to do with it. Like, Dak knows when he can that he can throw a little bit further for X wide receiver um, and he'll, like, be able to catch up to it. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It just—it kind of feels like it's a factor, just given the fact that it's Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. Someone's moving around a food bowl, so. <laughs> you know, like, it's
3: it's like it's like makes become houdini on on the, on the show today. I
1: know. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> from barking at each other.
3: So.
0: Anything else you want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball, or would you like to move over to the defense?
3: Yeah, let's go for it. All right.
0: So defensively, again, another very solid and very good game from the defense. I don't think the numbers that were given up were huge. We sacked the quarterback four times. No turnovers, but I mean, you're not going to have a turnover in every game. And but it's the first time the this team has conceded more than 19 points in a game this season. So, look, you're going to get games like that. So, I will.
3: Back. I will say though, as due to silly mistakes, it could have been under 19 points. Yeah. Like like the Dante Fowler situation with the fourth down, that that r- so that triggered me something awful. That it's like you knew they were trying to make you jump offside. Just don't jump, just stand there and just let them take the time out, and therefore they would just go for the field goal. Like st- stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's just stuff like that. It really annoyed me. And we see yeah, that-, that Jamie's in the house. Yep, screw Philly. <laughs> struggled to beat, up, beat our backup quarterback, yet yeah, they're finding their next best finder really as stupid as they look. Truth. Truth, Jamie. <laughs> said, it, said it like an absolute poet.
1: I mean, he's right, though. I feel like if I took anything positive away from this game is that we're just as good, if not better, than the Eagles um, when we have our full team together. Um I feel like there were a lot of dumb mistakes that were made that could have been offset with with a um, elite quarterback leading the offense, um, especially that Dante Fowler one was just. I, him and Dan probably had a sit down one on one this week because <laughs> he had two major penalties that really um, changed the game.
2: Yeah, and this this isn't the first time this season he's he's done that as well, where he's jumped off sides when clearly the team or the, the opposition are trying to bait you into jump sides. So um, it's it's almost like going back to when we had um, Michael Bennett on the field. Uh, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Michael Bennett.
0: Yeah, we're, off in the neutral zone.
2: Yeah. So it's it's almost something like that. Whether it, whether it's something they know that you know he's prone to do in the past. Um, you know, and that's why you you notice he's there and you're trying to get him to jump. Uh, but I mean that's that's should be child's play to somebody who's been in the league for five or six years, like he has. You know, that yeah. should be something you sh- you should know step one what they're what they're gonna do.
0: Um and like you you rightly call it Lauren, like this is a, this isn't a rookie who's making these mistakes. This is a former first round draft pick who Didn't get a second contract from the team who drafted him. Who, what, I think he's playing on a rookie or a vet minimum at the minute. So, Mm, you know, and we picked him up late enough in free agency. So, he's not putting down tape that people are going to go right, we need to maybe have a look and reevaluate this guy. It's not like a couple of years ago where we brought in Robert Quinn for a vet minimum and he had eight sacks in his first eight games. You know, you're just if you want to have a career in the NFL, a long-term career, you gotta cut out mistakes like that. Yep.
1: Yeah, and are. those were those were two huge mistakes by him. But I will say, overarchingly, his season has been—he's been doing great this season. Especially, he stood out in the uh, Bengals game, and he stood out in the uh, Giants game as well. So. <laughs> oh.
0: Really,
3: oh, really, Mike. Really.
0: <laughs> so, 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 Mike is definitely stirring the team oh uh, Mike,
3: has, Mike, 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 Mike. Me and you are going to have words about that comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, for for anyone who is
0: unable to see this comment, Mike has just said don't Terry Paul wouldn't jump offside. Paul, what have you got to say to that?
3: Mike's getting punched across the face for that comment.
0: <laughs>
3: Everybody knows how I feel about Don Terry Poe. Yeah. Biggest waste of space that's ever played in the Cowboys jersey, in my personal opinion. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but as a player, no.
0: Yeah. Paul is not holding his punches back tonight. But one, look, I, I I think you guys spoke about this last week in terms of Darns Armstrong, has really stepped up this season. This he's got this week. I think what that's his sixth
3: sack of the season, is it? Fifth, and he's Fifth. actually, and it's actually his career. He's also equaled yeah. his career best. So, with him giving more game time with the mm-hmm. departure of Randy Gregory, etc., etc., he's taken the opportunity and he is taking it by both hands. Like yeah. he's really stepped up, and we're seeing him really. Playing out some really good football in terms of like the pressures he's doing uh putting onto the quarterbacks and how he's running into the run defense, he's, he's contributing so much. So yeah. and this is probably what the whole narrative is why is Darren Armstrong being kept in the squad for so long. He's one of Jerry's boys. Now we're understanding why he was kept on because this is the potential that he was supposed to have and we're now finally seeing that so fair play to Doris Armstrong he's been playing absolutely fantastic
0: yeah and 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 if you look at it like he's he's contributing in two phases of the ball like he's saving your roster spot for a special teams player because he's playing both he's playing on both ways and he's contributed in special teams I mean he was he was responsible for the block punt previous week wasn't he
2: yes it was yeah. And and he he was on the Cowboys hour a couple of weeks back, and he actually said that you know now that he's a fixture in the defense, that um, you know they were looking at whether they should take him off special teams, and he's actually demanded that he stays on special teams mm. as well because he knows that you know he he enjoys playing the special teams and trying to get the hand up and block the punt, yeah. the field goal, whatever. So um, you know he he's not wanting taken off so. He he's willing to do the dirty work both both on the defense and the special teams as well. So, you know, that just that just goes to show that you're getting your value for money as well. And you know, some people wondered whether he was worth that contract that he's got, even though it's half the half the value of what um Randy Gregory was getting. But you know, he's certainly saying that he's he's more than earned what he's 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 making this year, I'd say already.
0: Yeah. And another defensive line guy that we want to give a shout out to, he drafted in 2021 and has probably gone a little bit under the radar, given Mike Parsons' impact, given the impact also of Diggy Zua has had. Chauncey Goldstone, five tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one quarterback hit were his stat numbers for this weekend's game.
3: Yeah, he's kind of been molded into the whole like Tyrone Crawford type of role where he can fit on the edge and fit on in the inside as a free tech. Um, he had probably one of his best games as a Cowboy so far and looked pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah, yep. Like when you uh, when, here's the thing though, when you're looking at the defensive line, and this is this is what I love talking about the most is is the D line. When you're going up against, like, Jalen Hurts playing the run-play option and you're expecting anytime it's going to be a pass, nine times out of ten it's going to be a quick pass because he would watch and get the ball out quickly. So that does kind of eliminate the defensive line to a certain extent. But for what the defensive line managed to do in mm-hmm. that game, knowing what Hurts was going to do with the run-play option and, like, the quick passes to the screens and stuff like that, etc., etc., et you can't help complain that... The defensive line managed to do so well because I think it was a total of 16 pressures, uh, four sacks. Yeah. I mean, when all things considered, that is a pretty good statistic when you've, yeah. you've put that in, put that in uh, perspective, even though not all the defensive line got sacks. I think uh, one of them was uh, Donathan Wilson got a sack as well. I believe, Donovan uh,
0: Wilson, Goldston,
3: yeah, yep.
2: um, Orange Armstrong Don- and Dante. Dante Wilson. Wilson. Yeah so, 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 yeah,
3: so Sophie D. Lyman pretty much yeah. and one yeah. and uh, Donovan Wilson. So yeah. so collectively, it was a really good effort from a defensive line point of, point of view. It was just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I suppose, look, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a show without having Meg Murray on that we don't talk about a free safety. Malik Hooker, 12 <laughs> tackles, Meg. Disgust.
1: That was huge. Just like that whole – the fact that this position is being taken seriously right now by this team is just a beautiful sight. You can see the way that it makes a difference and an impact on the defensive side of the ball. And just like Malik Hooker, what a game. Number one in tackles.
0: Yep. Incredible. Yep. 12, t- 12 tackles, 10 yeah. solo tackles from the, from the free safety position. I mean, that's that's unheard of. But that was
1: huge.
0: if 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 I granted you the wish, Meg, would you take back number thirty-eight?
1: I would love to see number thirty-eight coached by Dan Quinn. I'll tell you that much.
0: I think, I think, given given the interview we did with him for the twenty twenty one draft, he would have loved to have been coached by Dan Quinn himself. Of course, <laughs> he spoke yep. glowingly of Dan Quinn. Talk about but, two right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But if I I, I suppose. We've we've kind of glossed over DeMarcus's Lawrence impact in this game as well. I mean Demarcus had eight tackles, a tackle for a loss as well, but I mean the pressure he was applying and freeing up space for other players to, to do things. I mean DeMarcus has really matured as a player in the past 18 months. I think he, he's he's not about getting the sacks and celebrating or anything like that. He he's knowing his role and how to play his role. And it's creating opportunities for others.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, he, he, he's even, you know, he is where he was out, outspoken when he was the leader of the Hot Boys and all that. You know, they've taken a step back on that. They've, you know, it, it's a more business like approach that they're doing and it is working for them, you know, and mm-hmm. um, the, there is no hype about them. Um, outside of the media creating the hype they're not creating their own hype they're not you know as again they're not doing the hot boy stuff they're not do, coming along with swag and what have you yeah. and i think you know this change in demarcus lawrence where he's dropped at about 15 pounds he looks lighter he's got rid of the dreads actually and he's you know more uh the, the sort of crew cut almost like hairstyle um you know, all of that is just showing a slightly more business like approach, probably. Um, and it seems to be working, so fair play to the Yeah. Um, he took a lot of trash <laughs> being able to get back there, I will
1: say that. But he did the applying pressure was helpful.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, and and for Lawrence's defense, um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> even though Lawrence can trash talk, but he backed up his words for what he was going to do in the game. In fairness, mm-hmm. like when you the stats don't lie, and the amount of times they, like, some Miles Sanders had to back out from going to his running route because of the Marcus Lawrence, it's mm-hmm. actually quite evident throughout the game. So, um, I mean, it's it sucks that we lost, yeah. Like, but there's still quite a lot of positives you can still take from this game, yeah. um. It doesn't give the give Eagles the first loss and the stats and all that whatever. But, but hey, but going thinking more longer term, going ahead like against like so the, the going to the the Lions, then going to Green Bay later on, and all the other games at like the Colts and Texans etc. Then the return game at Christmas Eve against the Eagles, all these things will will play a big factor going forward.
2: Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if you, if you look at the the way our seasons laid out, I mean. Okay, you can say they were underperforming, but we've certainly had a heavy task this this first five, six games of the season. You've gone against the Super Bowl champion. You've gone against the Super Bowl runner-up. You've gone against Tom Brady. And, you know, Tom Brady's invincible, except not this year. And, you know, you're seeing that um, we've now got, obviously, we've got the the uh nfc north coming up you know we're, we're back to back to back to back with um detroit chicago green bay minnesota so you got those guys to come up with green bay green bay is actually struggling this year and they're mm-hmm. they're all and two against new york teams at the moment you know and aaron Rodgers is not um you know he's, he's he seems to have lost the magic i mean perhaps he should be presenting jeopardy now you know but
0: Lauren
3: lo- lo- with the burn on poor AA poor, poor, <sighs> A- one. In fairness, he does kind of deserve some criticism. That him in yeah. London was absolutely shocking. Why would you throw that? just right at the end. So that was pretty much as bad as Russell Wilson's passing the Super Bowl oh, to yeah. secure. That was just terrible. So.
2: And that uh, that hair, that hairstyle he's sporting at the moment yeah. is just
3: abysmal. <laughs> he's trying to go for but the whole Nicolas Cage corner look.
1: <laughs> I mean, it should be said too that they should not have let Devontae Adams go. So
0: Yeah. Yep. Are are we are we in the last days of potentially two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL? Is 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 Possible that by the end of this season, both Rodgers and Brady will be retired.
1: I mean, nothing's holding Brady back now, so why quit? <laughs> <laughs> I knew
3: someone going to say that. <laughs> Sorry,
1: divorced. Like, okay.
3: Uh, stay yeah. longer.
1: Five more years. Do it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that, did anyone see the, the sign some little kid put up during the game? It's like, I can't remember word for word, but it's like, um, hey, Giselle, I'm available now, or something like yeah. that. There's a lot
1: of it
3: <laughs> Oh God, crazy.
0: Absolutely. So, ju- touching back on a point, Paul, you 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 brought this up earlier, and um, just when we were talking about the initial thoughts on the game, Micah Parsons dropped back a lot into coverage during Sunday night's game. He had two passes defended as well, seven tackles, and a tackle for loss. Is this part of the evolution of Mike Parsons as we see it that he's now he's we know what he can do at the line, but teams are scheming against that and he's suddenly stepping back the field and is covering guys because I know there was one there was one or two plays the previous week where he did it and then obviously two passes defended on Sunday night. Well
3: I mean, we know he could do it in general, Brian. That's the mm. thing. It's like it seems like because Parsons has been lined up as a an additional defensive lineman, they think, "Oh, he's a DN now." No, he's pure, he's pure backbone as a linebacker, so he needs yeah. to know how to cover, and he can do that. He is literally a total package. Like, and for and we kind of brought up before we went live this, like, well, I think we did mention it earlier, but the whole Hassan Riddick debate by the Eagles fans—they can honestly, I, I'm, I'm just baffled they think he's better than Micah Parsons. I, I'm just I'm sorry, but how do you define that? And Lauren you mentioned Lauren, like it like Michael Parsons was like player of the week and that. Yeah. I mean, so last
0: week yeah. But like,
3: I, I just don't get it. I just don't get why people are kind of like using like oh Michael Parsons can't recover. Yes he can. They saw that last year. Where he was pretty much playing like a secondary, like a second cornerback at one point, as well. Yeah, dropping deep into coverage. So I'm, yeah. Which I will just say, Parsons is a stud. He's a blue chip player. Is on our Cowboys roster, and he is. He's just. He's awesome. He is.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the only thing you could say about this game with Parsons was that they were scheming them up to. You know, they were leaving him free some of the time and, you know, this run pass option that they use, obviously that that had Parsons second guessing himself sometime because, you know, do you come up, you know, do you go inside for the running back? Do you come up and uh, try and take uh, Hertz's head off or, you know, and allow Hertz to just dump the ball over the, over the top of you? Mm-hmm. And that caused a little bit of confusion for Micah Parsons, but second half he he adjusted well and you know one of the things about this defense as well that really was um apparent to me this this week was the fact that um this this defensive secondary of ours needs needs a lot more credit than it's actually getting because um you know the defensive line yeah they got to they got pressure on hurts and what have you but when you're when they're running um, all these um, screens, these run pass options. I mean, you need guys that can cover um, to to really do a job. And I think they did. I mean, and not just digs, You were getting it from Anthony Brown. You were getting it from Jordan Lewis. You know, everybody that was out there was actually doing some some good work there, um, and just limiting the damage that this run pass option does.
0: Yeah. So anything else you would like to talk defense before we move on to talking about our special teams?
1: Um, just, I'm not sure if this was touched on necessarily because uh, Murphy's going crazy, but um, just the way that the defense um, against our defense against the run, I feel like that was a little bit exposed this week. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how they kind of lock that up going um, going forward. I mean, I don't think we're going to have too big of an issue with that, you know, with the Lions and the Bears coming up, but there's going to be teams that we see down the stretch that are going to be able to use that against us. So, so you know, take this time to get that locked up is, you know, something I would look for.
3: Are you talking about our run defense there, Meg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm just looking at the stats just now, like I'm not... <laughs> We managed to keep them. Yeah. We managed to keep him down to 136 yards. Like Miles Sanders did have the most, 18 carries for 71 yards, an average of 3.9, and his longest drive was mm. a 13 yarder. I mean, it's not so destroying, but it's one of those statistics. Statistics it just kind of slowly creeps up. Exactly. Think, like I'm not particularly worried. Like and. Like, fairness though the, the Eagles offensive line is probably the best offensive line we played against so yeah. I named losing Lane Johnson that second half um, kind of slowed them down quite a lot so um, and it did kind of open up the opportunity for more for our defensive line in that as well so there it's kind of but I think with yeah. this game like, going ahead for Detroit um, I won't be as worried to be honest
1: yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you completely. Um, they were able to clamp down on them, you know, in the in the red zone when it counted, um, which is huge. But, you know, just being able to up, run up and down the middle is kind of an issue. And just, you know, letting someone like Miles Sanders kind of run the show for a little bit, like even w- when it's the middle of the field. Yes. Let's not forget Damone Clark. Let's never yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yep. We're really excited really? about that prospect. Very exciting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the comment yeah, I mean, from, from Chris is just: Let's not forget Moen Clark, who could have been a first-round pick if not for spinal surgery, is inching closer to play, and that's just another piece we can add into to the mix.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, what I, what I'd say when you compare the run uh, rushing attacks this week. We had 134 yards on 26 carries for 5.2 yards. They took 39 carries to get two yards more than us, mm. um, yep. you know, and so they were only three and a half yards a
3: carry. Um, we're
1: better
3: than them, he, so that's not surprising. Yeah. 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 Oh, offensively, statistic, statistic. Um, I can even speak statistic-wise. Uh, we were better. It didn't yep. really. The only thing that killed us was the takeaways. Yep. Yeah, like that's what killed us. Like that second half, yeah. we were the better team. Like yeah. we sh- we should have won the game if it wasn't yeah. for. But, uh But as yeah. football, anything can happen.
1: Now we have to listen to those fans until uh, Christmas
0: Eve. So. I just think like how good of a Christmas present it's
3: going to be when we win.
1: <laughs> that's all yeah. I
3: want. I want some dirty birds for Christmas. <laughs> on a smoker
0: <laughs> so look let's flip it over and let's talk special teams so Brett Moneymar. discussed Meg I know you've been dying to talk about him
1: oh former Nebraska Cornhusker Brett Maher um, yeah <laughs> pull that out of nowhere um that's actually Kelsey's issue not mine um, I have no problem with Sir Brett
3: Uh, (laughs) honestly he's been uh
1: he's been great this year that he did what he missed one at the end of the game is that
3: right yeah 59 59 yards understandably open air stadium is philly it can be mental over there in general so i can let him off with that like 59 yards is a hard one like like to just even get it in between the posts so it
1: was 60 he would
0: have got it so yeah but i mean look to be fair i don't think brett he's missed one extra point this off this season is it and no no it was another it,
3: it was it was another field goal and i think it was against the giants Mm. But that was more of a and, that was more of a coaching decision, to, like because he yeah. even tried out go, doing that during uh, free practice at the yeah. stadium before the game kicked off, yeah. and there was an extra point block as well as Mike just pointed out. Yeah, uh, and in, you've
2: uh, got and you've also got the extra point that against the Rams that just the holder snapper released too early as well. So so he's. He's only missed the field goal against the Giants and Giants Stadium, and the field goal against. Yeah, and um, and
3: and understandably, it could it could have went anywhere if there was a wee gust of wind or something like that, like because of the range. Yeah. So, and but the thing is, it wasn't wasn't exactly going miles wide or anything like it was. It was narrowly close. So, he's he's he has been consistent. Like he's almost been near perfect at times.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean the, cool. the the first thing he had with us. I mean, when he missed, the, what was it? The, there was a game in Tampa, I think, and he almost hit the cannons in the in the ship. You know, so that's that's a considerable miss. Um, but uh, you know, he, he's he's actually been doing a good job this year, and none of the, even you know a lot of the. The first time around again, a lot of his kicks were just sort of sailing inside the posts. This is a lot more of his kicks are going straight down the middle. So, um, you know, he obviously has changed his technique, changed his accuracy, um, you know, and it's paying off dividends for us at the moment. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was solid last year, too, with the Saints. Um, he the, the one that he really missed was against us. So it's like that was the one time we really... You know, looked at him again. We we're like, same old guy, but you know, he's came back this year and he's been he's pretty locked down.
0: Yeah. Um, just the the, the, the comment here from Mike, just in terms of throwing shade at a former Texas kicker. Mike, let's not forget Justin Tucker kicked the game-winning field goal the last time the Aggies played Texas.
3: You guys and your college football shenanigans.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> another, another guy that... I think this is more Mike's guy in terms of Cavante Turpin and having a, a return, either a kick return or a punt return. He had a 63-yard kick return on Sunday night. Almost got in for a touchdown. I mean, how soon do we think it is going to be before you take the houses one? Sunday.
2: Sunday. Yeah, I I can certainly see it in the next couple of weeks. uh, As you start playing these cold games and the ball doesn't drift as far, um, you know, either either when you're punting or kicking off as well, you're not going to get these kicks going through the end zone. Um yeah. so you're you're going to be outdoors, the ball's going to come short, and that's going to allow him to come onto it at speed. Um yeah. and the block the blocking seems different this year from the special teams as well, which is opening him up as well. And more importantly, Touchwood, we're not getting half of these blocking the back penalties as well from the special teams. So it's not suddenly Great. You've, you, you you've made a 32 yard return and then oh wait a minute you're going back 15 yards or whatever on the back of that so yeah um, it's it, it's certainly a game changer for this you know and it's it's only going to help as the season goes on and we we have these cold weather games and it's flipping the field so
1: yeah i mean he got a taste for it at the beginning of the game and then he went on to rip that 63 yard run um and could have gone all the way in That guy's hungry and you give him one slight advantage and he's going to go all the way in. So I can see that happening sooner rather
0: than later. Yeah, absolutely. So anything else, folks, before we get out of here?
3: Dallas forever, Philly for never.
0: Yep, there we go. (laughs) There we go. So Paul and Meg, do you want to give your show a shout out for everyone that's tuned in?
1: Yeah, come uh, listen to us every Saturday on the Blogging the Boys Network, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us there and we'll be, uh, we have, they have stuff every single day, but you know, we're the most important, that's on Saturday.
3: Yeah, and also Meg, don't forget to mention a bit the t-shirts as well.
1: Yeah, I, th- I don't think we closed that up yet. We were gonna close it up on Sunday, so if you wanna go ahead and get your Dallas Forever, Philly Forever t-shirt, um, you can go to, I believe it is shop frontrunner.shopify.com If you can't remember all that, we have it on our uh, Twitter and Instagram So, so
0: you should get be able to them that. Out, yeah,
1: because right. Kelsey and I have to close that up and get those printed. So.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, me and Lauren are going to be kitted out for sure. Yes. <laughs> so
0: you can you can you can get that. You can you can follow Meg on at Meg Murray. And there's how many hours in that Meg? Four.
1: There are four. four.
0: Four hours
1: I asked About that often, I was like, I can't get the one with two, so I tr- I was like, three seems like an accident. Four is more intentional, so I went with four.
0: Four, and we do we do have a request from our from our person who loves his coffee. Can you get us some coffee mugs with that print? Ooh, that's a good show.
3: That's
1: I'll have to uh, talk to my counterpart, Miss Kelsey Charles, about that when she comes
3: to uh, get the dog on Thursday. So. I'm just, just just saying, they would sell like hotcakes. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: Paul, you're going to need a bigger suitcase. Yeah, I need a bigger suitcase.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I strongly disagree with this last comment from Mike. There are a lot of Meg Murrays. There is only one Meg Murray.
1: Well, the one that has the handle that I want, her last name isn't even Murray anymore. She got married. So, like, give me the handle. <sighs> but,
3: so
0: look, as, as we say, the, the Mike and the team will be back here on Thursday night with um, a breakdown of the Detroit game, of where they think things are going to go. Um, before we get out of here, we were going to pay the bills. So follow our fellow content creators so you can see them there in terms of talking to boys, the boys, hanging with the boys, blogging with the boys, girls talking boys, uh, talk Big Game James, Jeff Kavanagh. Katie's fun tweets so are all of those guys there. And if Paul or Lauren, if you'd like to give a shout out to our wonderful partners at Cowboys Experience.
2: Yeah,
3: guys. You're, oh, you're all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, guys. If you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboy in this game, be sure to go with Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet stadium tour, game tickets and tailgating experience. Get to meet players like Julian Novichet, Micah Parsons, Sack Martin, Travis Federick, Hall of Famer Drew Pearson, and many more be sure to go and use the distant code Cowboys And guys, what do you do if you get use the code? You get free stuff. Get free stuff. And you get
0: chocolate pudding.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Retro be like that, you guys.
0: <laughs> chocolate pudding was the most important part. But as always, look, we'd like to thank Meg, our very special guest, for joining us tonight. Um, it wasn't the victory party we were hoping for, but we're going to have one on Christmas Day.
1: I'll dance on
3: that grave soon enough. Yep, smoke dirty birds yep. in the smoker for Christmas. We're
1: smoking that bird pack in no time,
3: as right would say. Dallas Flower, film for never.
0: It is a good night for me. I'll pass it over to the rest of you to say good night.
3: Night all. Go
2: Cowboys. Yeah, night, night all. good Cowboys.
1: Good night. How about them Cowboys?